Well, hey, everybody, you glad to be in church today? What's up? Yeah, very glad you're here, and uh, I want to take a moment and just say a big hello to our Hocaston location today. Love you, H-Town, so much, and appreciate our church family there, and then to all of you who are joining us online, we're glad that you're here as well, our online JFAM, and just want to encourage you to keep engaging and being a part of what God's doing here. Newark, will you help me show some love to all of our locations? And Yeah. We are starting a new series, as you heard, and we're going to jump into the message in just a moment, but before we do... I want to give you a little sneak peek at what's happening throughout the rest of the summer here. Some very exciting things coming. And as you heard, we're wrapping up Love Week this weekend. We're going to celebrate that more at the end of the gathering. It's been an incredible week and uh, love what God has done throughout this week. But in just a few days, our Rise Summer Student Camp is coming. Yeah, I got some students in the house today who are excited about that. <clears throat> got a little choked up about it. Sorry about that. Uh, but this is an experience we create every year for students to level up spiritually, and it's going to be a great year. We have the most students we've ever had uh, registered for RISE Summer Student Camp, and check this out, Youth Scholarship 41 of them who needed help getting to camp. So thank you for your generosity. Appreciate that. and proud of you. Be praying for that. And then uh, just a few days after that, the next week, we'll start our August week of prayer. So if you're new to our church, we have these two seasons every year where we just kind of lean in and set the stage. Uh, we do this in January, 21 days of prayer and fasting, set the stage for the year. But every August, we kind of regroup and prepare for fall with a week of prayer. We're gonna create these experiences for you to connect with God. It's gonna be a powerful faith-building week. We'll come together for prayer at all of our locations, physical and online, and uh, we'll get you all the information you need next week, but wanted you to be aware that that is coming, and then a couple of weeks after that, as we wrap up summer and move into fall, we're kicking off a new series that I'm very excited about that, honestly, we've been praying about, planning for, thinking about uh, for several months, and it's a series called Mind Games. It's all about our mental health and improving our mental health. How many of us know we could use some of that? I know you're like, I don't want to admit it. How about this? I could use some of this, and so I'm just going to preach to me. You can follow along. And we have some very unique things planned during this, this series that I think are not only going to help you, but just the whole series is a tremendous opportunity for you to invite people to come with you. So it's going to be a great rest of the summer. We're headed into a great fall. I want to encourage you, lean in, engage. You're going to grow this summer. And, and I really believe God has some great things in store for our community of faith, wherever you are spiritually. So for today, we're starting this series that we've called This Is War, and this is kind of the big idea or question behind the series. Have you ever felt like you're fighting a battle you just can't seem to win? Anybody? Just anybody been there watching online? You've been there, Hocus, and you've been there. We, we all have these experiences. I have days like that, days when it seems like nothing is going right, like something is just working against me every step of the way. I have days when my attitude is kind of messed up. I have days when the people around me seem a little jacked up. Anybody, just be honest. Anybody got some people in your life a little jacked up? If you don't, you are that person for someone else. Just so you know, so you might wanna, might wanna indicate, yeah. And uh, I have days when it just seems like something's off in my marriage or with my kids or with my money or something's just off with me. And again, you've probably been there. And then to make it even more ominous, do you ever feel like you're fighting something you can't see? Like there's just 
something you can't quite put your finger on. It's not just a natural thing. It's not just your circumstances, but there's just something going on. And I know that may sound weird, but whether you consider yourself a follower of Jesus or maybe you're just checking this all out or you're kind of somewhere in between taking some steps in that direction, you probably had this experience at some moment in your life where you thought, man, it just seems like there's more going on than meets the eye. And if I could get a handle on something that, I, that isn't quite a visible thing or an obvious thing, then maybe I could make some progress. And that's what we're going to talk about during this series, this thing that sometimes people call spiritual warfare. If you've ever heard that language before, spiritual warfare. And that might not be an exciting thought for many of us, which to be honest, is okay. I'm, I'm kind of glad that we're not all like, hey, tell us all about the demons, all right? That would be a little bit weird. <laughs> but that said, Jesus believed that there is a war going on, and it is not a visible war, and it's not a political war, and it's not a military war. It's a spiritual war, and there is good news. We're going to get to that throughout the series, but we got to start with this sobering truth, and that is, again, wherever we are spiritually, there's a war going on, and we are in it whether we like it or not. We don't, just by sheer virtue of being human, we are in this war, like it or not. So if we're going to be in it, this series is about how we can be in it to win it. Sound good to everybody? I mean, if we're, if we're in this war, like it or not, how do we start to make progress? How do we start to have more victories than we do defeats? How do we start to recognize what's going on and and really lay claim to everything that God has for us. So we're going to talk about that, but you're going to have to be patient week one. Because if we're going to understand this thing called spiritual warfare, these invisible battles, what they are, how they happen, and how we know they're happening, and what to do about it, then we're going to need to start at the beginning, as in the very beginning, the first chapter of the first book of the Bible called Genesis starts like this. These are the very first words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So then we read the next few verses and we see God creating everything that exists, the, the seas and the trees and land and animals and all of this. And then a few verses later, he reaches the height of his creation, the last part of his creation. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Now, here's what I know. You may not believe this, or you may believe it, but have lots of questions, like what about evolution, and how long ago was this, and do we take this completely literally, and what about the days of creation? You may have all kinds of questions like that, but here's what else I know. that At the end of the day, all of us are living as if this is true or not true. Whatever our questions may be, whatever the things that don't make sense to us yet may be, we're living on one side of this truth or the other. Either we're living as if we are cosmic accidents and our identity and value and purpose is determined completely by us, or we are living as if we come from God and our lives are primarily shaped by the one who created us. And that really is the dividing line. Whatever our questions about it may be, we either live as if we are just some kind of freak reality that happened. There was an amoeba, met up with another amoeba, how you doing? And then we just, <laughs> it's not a very scientific explanation, but you get what I'm saying. 
or there was a big bang. Who caused the big bang? I don't know. We don't ask those sorts of questions. But we're either living as if this is all just, it just happened, it's just a cosmic accident, or we were created by God. And here's what we read in Genesis, that God could have stopped with trees and cows and rivers and penguins, but he decided he was going to continue and create humans. And we are not told why God created everything else. We're just told that he did. We're not told why. But when he creates humans, we are given a very explicit reason why, and it actually unlocks the reason he created everything else, because God said, I'm going to make humans, and they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, the small animals that scurry along the ground. The purpose for humanity being created was to reign over the rest of creation. This was the height of God's creative ability. He, he made us, and he made us to reign. I remember when we were little and we used to play pretend. I mean, on those days when we got grounded. Anybody get grounded when you were little? Anybody get grounded? Now being grounded is like you can't go online or you know you can't, can't play on your phone. But when I was a kid, it was like you're grounded, you can't play video games, you can't go outside and play with your friends, you're grounded, you can't have anybody over. And that happened to me a lot, just kind of kid I was. That's another message for another time. But I got grounded a lot. When I was a kid, and if you had that experience, you remember what we did? We hold ourselves up in our room or someplace in the house where we were allowed to play. And what did we do? We built little kingdoms. We organized little empires. We had, you know, depending on what it, what it was for you, we had little, I had these little toy soldiers. I used to line them up. We had this, this little uh, crawl space. It was just like four or five feet high in, the, in our house when I was a kid. And I would line up all of those little toy soldiers, and I had a BB gun, and I would just lay down, just shoot all these toys. It was like my little kingdom, my little empire. You say, that sounds violent. I know, I'm sorry, I'm just telling you what happened when I was a kid. Maybe you had dinner parties and you had all like all, I don't know what you did, but you know who was in charge? <laughs> you were. I mean, we, when we played pretend, it wasn't like somebody else was in charge. We were in charge. We're like, this is my kingdom. This is my empire. I'm in charge. I'm the one calling the shots. We were designed for that. We were designed to live these lives where we were not dominated, we were, we were not enslaved, we were not afraid. We were, so I so read that little part about the animals that scurry along the ground, we're like, ooh, we're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to reign. So next time you see a mouse, you know what to do. All right, we were designed to reign. Okay, everybody tracking with me? So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. It's like we got to hear it three times. It's, it's so important for God to get this through to us. He created us, and then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, govern it. Here it is again, reign. That's why I created you. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, all the animals that scurry along the ground. God creates human beings. He blesses human beings, and then he gives human beings these instructions. You say, why does that matter? Three things we have to understand if we're going to win our spiritual battles. This is so important. Going to set the stage for the entire series. Number one, we are created from God in his image. Number two, we are connected to God. We have a relationship with him. We have his blessing on our lives. And number three, we are called by God for his purpose. We have a purpose to our lives. We have instructions that we were created to complete out of a place, not just of blind obedience, but out of a place of relationship with God. Again, why does that matter? It matters because we can't win our battles against those invisible forces, those things we can't quite put our finger on, 
until we understand where we came from and whose we are. You were created. You are a created being. You're not an accident. Your life is not just a coincidence. You are created in the image of God, and you can't win until you know that you come from God. You have, you have some of God's DNA in you. You were created in the image of God. And we're going to talk about how that has gotten tarnished along the way. You might be like, I don't, when I look in the mirror, I don't see a lot of God right now. I get that. And uh, someone's looking in the mirror like, I do see God. It's a different issue that we have. <laughs> but you are created. You are not an accident. You were created by God. And we can't win until we have the security that comes from knowing not only are we created by God, but we're connected to God. We have a relationship with God. When you build a deck or paint a painting, you might be very proud of it, but you don't form a relationship with it. That's weird. You don't lie awake at night hoping that good things happen in its life. That's, but with God, he created us, but then he said, no, you're my children. You belong to me. I'm bringing you into relationship with me. You were created to feel God's favor on your life every moment of every day. To walk around knowing I am not fighting my battles on my own. I am connected to the God who created the universe and created me. And then finally, we can't win until we know what we're fighting for. Because we are not fighting just to win for us. God doesn't just create human beings and connect with us and leave it at that. He calls us to a purposeful life. He gives these human beings instructions. I want you to fill the earth. I want you to govern it. I want you to multiply. I want you to reign over all creation. Move my kingdom forward. Your life is not just about you. It's about something bigger than you. You are fighting battles for things that will happen generations from now. You are playing this role in my kingdom. Kingdom. When you start to feel like your life has no purpose, God intended for you to be able to go back to your original operating instructions and go, oh yeah, my life is about something bigger than what I'm going through right now. I have a purpose. And it's when we know and hold on to and stay close to these truths that we become equipped to fight our battles. This is how we bow up to fight our spiritual battles. We don't find the strength within ourselves we find the strength by living in the truth. We were created from God. We are connected to God, and we are called by God. That's who we are. That was God's original intent for us. You say, this is a lie on a Sunday in August, my man. I know, but stay with me because it's so important. God's original intent was that we would be able to trace our identity back to him, live in relationship with him, and reign like him. And we reign not by ruling over other people. We reign by using our lives to tear down the things that hold other people back from what God has for them. That's what we were created to do. That's the whole why behind Love Week. This past week, serving, giving back to our communities. That's, that's the heart of what we call Journey City, our region. We were called to reign like God, not by asserting ourselves, but by letting our good works shine for all to see them so that they could see them and glorify not us, but our Father in heaven. That's why we invest in the lives of people around us, our neighbors and family members and coworkers and friends. Why? We're not, we're not shoving anything down anyone's throat. That's not what it's about, but we're just bringing our life-giving influence everywhere we go. It's why we worship and pray and serve. That's what we were made to do. When we're not doing that, we're actually swimming against the current of how God designed us. 
It's why, we, it's why we invite and love and give. It's what we were made for. We were created from God. We are connected to God. We are called by God. And some of us are going, man, that sounds good for you. I'm sure you are all those things. I'm sure the really spiritual people I know are all those things. But how do I know if I am created and connected and called? Are you human? That is not a trick question, by the way. Some of you are like, give me a minute. <laughs> are you human? Yeah, you are which means this is hardwired into who you are. You are a human being created from God, connected to God, called by God. That is who you were always meant to be. So the question is, how did all of that get so messed up? <laughs> I mean, don't you feel like if this is true, then something went bad wrong, right? Because why do so many of us struggle to feel like our life has value? I do at times. I forget that I'm created from God. I wrestle with my insecurities. Why do we feel so distant from God and each other? Have you ever, have you ever wondered, like, why do I just feel like I'm so disconnected? Why do we wonder what we're supposed to do? Why do we get anxious and, and just filled with dread? Like, what is my life about? What am I supposed to be doing? Am I doing the right things? Something changed. So God created human beings in his image. He blessed them. He instructed them. And then he gave humanity the world he had created. And he gave these first human beings just one rule. So God created this paradise, placed humanity in it. And in the middle of this garden, this paradise, he put a tree called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God said, don't eat from this tree. If you do, you will die. Just one rule. You say, oh, no, 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 I've read the Bible. There are lots of rules. Not in the beginning. There was only one. All of the rest are our fault, not God's. In the beginning, he was like, you just need one. I trust you. Got a track with this. I trust you. I created you. You're connected to me. You're called by me. What else would you need? But in order for us to win, there had to be something for us to lose. So God said, I'll tell you what, you can't mess this up if you try. I'm going to put a million trees around you loaded with everything you need. I'm going to stay in close relationship with you. Remember, created, you're connected, you're called. I'm going to be everything you need. You, it's not what you know, it's who you know, and you know me. So everything's great. You cannot mess this up. But a few chapters later in Genesis, we read this, that the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. And one day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Now, I'm not a big fan of snakes. Anybody else, just be honest, not a big fan. I know some people love them. If that's you, I get it, sort of, but I just... I prefer there to be a half inch of glass between me and a snake or a shovel in my hand. And I don't care which, either's fine. I just, I'm not a fan. They just, what are you doing? Stop it. Like they just, I don't understand the way they function. Just being honest with you. Anybody else, come on, help me out. Just like, what, what? Stop it. <laughs> and so this, this snake shows up one day and asks this woman God created this question, and it's a ridiculous question, and the woman knows it's ridiculous. 
The snake says, did God really say, look at all these trees. Did he say you can't eat any of the fruit from these trees? What kind of God is this? Now, some of us are going, man, I don't know if I believe that. I mean, a, a snake talking. It's interesting that many of us have spent our whole lives listening to a little voice. We don't know where it comes from, but we do what it says, and we don't find that out of the ordinary. Just a thought. So it's a ridiculous question. The woman knows it, so she responds. Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. So far, so good. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. Millions of trees, one rule, lots of do's, just one do not. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. I don't have time to talk about this, but God actually didn't say don't touch it. He just said, don't eat it. But Eve decided to start a denomination based on religious tradition in this moment. That's just a thought too. So... God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. And watch this. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows, here's what God knows. Your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. And everybody, there you have it, shots fired. The first lie in recorded history started a war that's still going on. And here's the lie. If you just had this, if you just had more, you would be like God. You say, well, why is that a lie? Because remember how God created human beings? To be like him. This woman is being sold something she already owns which is at the heart of so many of our spiritual battles. If you just had this, you would be complete, forgetting we are complete in Christ. And so this, this serpent says, if you just had this, you'd be like God. You'd be, you'd be just like your eyes would be open, and you'd be like God. And this woman is being caught in this moment. She won't be like God if she eats this fruit. She's already like God. She should stop the snake right there and say, hold on, hold on a minute. Be like God. I'm already like God. He created me in his image. It's one of the fundamental truths about me, snake. I was created from God. This piece of fruit isn't going to make me like God. I already am. And besides, I've been watching you. You scurry along the ground, and I was created to reign over you. That's what she should have said. But instead, the woman was convinced. She was like, oh. Yeah, there are millions of trees, but this one. Got to have this one. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. She wanted the wisdom it would give her, so she took some of the fruit and ate it, and then she gave some to her husband. First time he shows up, and we're like, how long has he been there? Has he been there the whole time? Like, I'll wait once you're done with the serpent. Let me know. Mr. Passive, in this moment, he's just like, she's hanging out. So she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too, and now this is war. Now, I know this is a lot. It's week one of the series. You're already making a decision whether you're gonna come back or not. I get it. But Jesus believed that we can trace our identity back to creation and our brokenness back to this moment of giving in to temptation. We have someone to blame, <laughs> that our very first ancestors 
made a decision in the middle of a million do's. They chose the one do not. And it started a war, and it's been a war ever since against an enemy who wants to blind us to what is true about us, that we are created from God, we are connected to God, and we are called by God. So most of our spiritual battles are an attempt to devalue the life we've been given from God, an attempt to pull us away from the relationship we have with God, and an attempt to get us preoccupied with something other than the purpose of God. It's a war. We're in a battle against an invisible enemy who's trying to convince us we are not who God says we are. We are not as close to God as we think we are. And what we do doesn't matter to God as much as he says it does. And this moment in the very beginning is the genesis of self-doubt, unmet desire, and distracted living. It's the beginning of looking desperately for something or someone else to define us instead of owning who we are made in the image of God. It's the start of searching for belonging and intimacy in places we can never fully find it instead of enjoying the connection we were created to have with our God. And it's the first of many moments of us human beings, you and me, medicating our discontentment instead of living confidently in God's purpose. This is a lie that started a war. God's not enough and he has not been good enough and he does not care enough. So you need something else. If you just had something else. If you just had, it's the same lie that it's, it's at the center of so many of our spiritual battles. If you listen closely on any given day, you can hear the enemy whispering to you, you don't have enough. Your parents don't understand you enough. Your kids aren't quiet enough. Your spouse isn't respectful enough. That person isn't driving fast enough. <laughs> this job doesn't pay enough. This life isn't fulfilling enough. These relationships just don't bring contentment enough. And you're not good enough or grateful enough or productive enough because God's grace just isn't enough. That's the lie. And part of what we're gonna do during this series is just expose that and say that is a lie. And thankfully, it is not the end of the story. If it stopped here, how depressing would it be? <laughs> but one day, long after this, another human being shows up on the scene. And his name is Jesus. And he is God, and yet he is fully human, just like us. And Jesus says this. He says, I came to expose what is not true and restore what is. And here it is. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. You have a very real invisible enemy who wants to steal the life out of you and kill the connection that you're supposed to have with God and destroy the purpose for which God called you. But my purpose is to give the people who believe in me and look to me a rich and satisfying life. Listen, you were created to reign and Jesus came so that you could get back to doing what you were created to do. Yes. You were created to win. 
I don't mean win in some superficial way, like everything always goes your way. That's not winning. <laughs> That's laziness. Let's be honest. When I need everything to go my way circumstantially to feel victorious, I'm living a shallow spiritual life. I'm talking about winning in the sense of no matter what the enemy says, no matter what my circumstances look like, I live every day. No, I'm created from God. I am connected to God. I am called by God. That's who I am. That's winning. And Jesus came to reverse the curse, to forgive our sins. Because ever since our ancestors, that woman and that man ate that fruit, they poisoned our bloodline. And this thread of brokenness and dysfunction and rebellion against God has woven its way through human history. And Jesus said, I'm gonna come reverse that curse. He came to restore the image of God in us, the blessing of God on us, and the purpose of God for us. So that every time the enemy tries to steal our identity, Jesus reminds us, no, you are created in the image of God. That's who you are. Now we got a lot of stuff going on in our world. Can I just tell you the most significant thing about me is that I identify as a follower of Jesus Christ. I was created in the image of God. That's who I am. That's the most, everything else is secondary to that. I'm a follower of Jesus. When the enemy tries to kill our confidence, Jesus reminds us that we are connected to God, and that completes us. The identity that God's given us defines us, but the connection completes us. And when our enemy tries to destroy our purpose, Jesus reminds us that we are called by God, and that fulfills us. So wherever you land with all of this, here's what you're going to want to know. Spiritual warfare is resisting and defeating the lies that the enemy of our faith tells us. And we're gonna break down how to do that during this series. We're gonna get very practical next week. Talk about the kinds of, of temptations and lies we face and how to overcome those, how to get rid of the shame and start living in victory. But week one, here's what you're gonna wanna know. Whenever that little voice strikes up a conversation with you, with some variation on this message, who God is to you, and how God sees you and what God has given you to do isn't enough. The first step to being in it to win it is to run back to these truths, listen, that belong to you. These truths belong to you because you were created by God. They were stolen from you. Jesus came to restore them to you. You are created from God. I'm speaking right now into some of you that have struggled to see value in your life. Maybe you've even considered, had moments where you've wondered, is it even worth living? Yes, it is. You matter. You were created from God. You are made in the image of God. Don't let the enemy steal that from you. You are created from God. You are connected to God. The biggest lies the enemy will tell us is, hey, if you don't feel God, you don't have God. That's not the way it works. I don't walk by feelings, I walk by faith. I don't walk by sight, I walk by faith. I am connected to God, I believe in Jesus Christ, I belong to God. You belong to God. When you put your faith in Jesus, plus nothing, you belong to God. And you are called by God. There is a purpose for your life. There is something only you can do the way God designed only you to do it. 
Don't let the enemy steal that. You were not created just to punch a clock, get by, pay your bills, and then someday die. There is a purpose on your life. You are a human being called by God. And in those moments, when you feel defeated, which we all do, myself included, I felt that way this week. <laughs> I've learned if my expectation is that victory means I'll never feel defeated, I'm, I'm gonna lose. But if I understand that my, my feelings don't define my victory, my victory defines my victory. <laughs> you were called to reign. And in those moments when you feel defeated, remember, you were called to win. It might not feel like you're winning right now, but you can. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You can. And the enemy will try to convince you that you don't have everything you need to reign. But if you have Jesus, you have everything you need. So when you're fighting something you can't see, don't reach for the forbidden fruit. Don't buy into the lie the enemy is telling you that you don't have enough, that you're incomplete, that if only this was this way, if only you had that, if only, if only, if only, don't listen to all of that. Run to your Father in heaven who made you and loves you and has called you for his purpose. And we're going to talk about, over the next few weeks, how we can be in it to win it. You ready? You ready? So if this hits home for you, in Hocassin, here in Newark, watching online, wherever you are, if you would say, I want, to, I want to reclaim those truths that belong to me because I was made by God, and I want to walk in this awareness that I'm created, connected, and called. I want you just to shoot a hand up. Just hold it up. Just hold it up. Online, let us know. You're, you're leaning into this. Let's pray. Father, we honor you today. Our God is good. And God, we, we pause in this moment. We just say thank you for your word, which enlightens our minds and reveals the lies the enemies told us, but also reveals the truth you intended for us. Would you pray this out with me? God, I remind my soul today that I am created from you. God, I remind my soul today that I am connected to you. God, I remind my soul today that I am called by you. That's who I am. That's who I am. Help us, God, over these next few weeks to stand in a greater confidence, not hype, but a deep-rooted confidence in who we are in Jesus Christ. And we pray it in your name. And for some of you today, maybe here in the room in Hokessen, again, watching online, maybe you're not ready to believe in Jesus yet. Maybe you're still trying to figure this out, and that's okay. Your next step is just come back. See what God does over the next few weeks in your life. But for some of you, maybe you are ready to begin a real relationship with God. And if that's you, here's what I want you to know. But the good news is Jesus came so that you could have a rich and satisfying life. So the parts of you that no matter what you earn, no matter what you get, no matter what you experience, never quite feel complete, Jesus came to fill the emptiness in your soul, in your life by restoring you to right relationship with God, to forgive your sins, all the things you've ever thought, said, or done that kept you separated from God. Jesus came to forgive those. And if you want a real relationship with God today, 
It's as simple as putting your faith in Jesus who gave his life for you. So I'm gonna lead us in prayer again. This is your opportunity. I want all of us to open our hearts up to God one more time. And if that's you today, you wanna start a relationship with God right where you are, whisper out a prayer of faith to Jesus, something like this. Jesus, today, I believe in you. Forgive me of everything that's kept me from you. I, I give you my life. I wanna follow you. Rescue my soul right now. And if that's you, if you would say, I wanna be included in that prayer, I'm putting my faith in Jesus today. I'm gonna follow him. Will you shoot your hand up? If you're in the room, Hokesson, hold it up high. Just here in Newark, lift your hand. My faith is in Jesus today. If you're watching online, let us know. Thank you for all of you in the room right now, just lifting your hand. And then everyone, will you help me? Let's give all the thanks and the praise to our God. Would you do that with me?